and welcome to Super Respectable. My name is Santa Claus, we're coming at you from the North Pole. And uh, with me, uh, as ever, is my faithful co-host, uh, Rudolph. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting excited for the upcoming holiday season. Uh, been working out a lot this year, <laughs> shining my red nose, you know. It's important to do that. You have only, you know, one night a year to shine. So yeah. make sure you do it right. Your cookie, your cookie eating skills are being practiced throughout the year. Milk drinking, cookie eating, chimney falling. <laughs> I think um, when we talk about Christmas, uh, that was the thing that blew my mind the most. That's what would convince me for, for the longest time that Santa Claus was real and so were the reindeer. Was, uh, sorry if there's any children listening, please bug <laughs> your ears. Yeah. But um, the putting the carrots for the reindeer, the cookies and milk for Santa Claus, and then yeah. waking up the next day and it would be like, gone that blew yeah. my mind i was like for sure there's there's something going on here did you ever um, uh, i mean i stopped believing in santa claus a couple years ago but like did you ever <laughs> when you were when you were young did you ever see that website that norad website where like the yeah santa tracker? i thought that was really cool even though it was a crap but i thought it was just fun you know <laughs> like canada is pretty good at this stuff i mean uh, i think it's the only country uh and i stand to be corrected where you can mail to an address the north yeah. pole and Santa will reply. Um, so you can, there's an address you send to um, Ho Ho Ho. He has got a postcode. Yeah. And I believe it's H O H zero, blah, blah, <laughs> North Pole, which yeah. is in Canada somewhere. I would, I was going to say, I'm, I think Santa would be Canadian. The North Pole is technically yeah. Canada, right? And he's wearing our colors. He's in colors. red and white. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I wrote to Santa a few times and yeah. his, uh, his, his computer printout letters were fantastic. Uh, uh really, really good. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be efficient with your time and energies. But, What's uh, interesting is, um, we were talking just before we started the recording is, is how I only realized this when I started living in Europe that, um, it's not universal. Like Santa yeah. Claus is a thing for sure. He, he's, he's a dude. Um, but there's different interpretations and different dates. So in the Netherlands, they have Sinterklaas. Yeah. Which I could be wrong again. I, I think he's a different person from Santa Claus. Oh. And he, sh he shows up, he, he came around uh, this weekend, although uh, it was slightly curtailed due to the current uh, global pandemic. Yeah. Um, and the Netherlands has quite a controversial a uh, character called Zvorta Piet, uh, which is a uh, individual who was wearing um, blackface. <laughs> and of up until last year, they were going down my street in blackface and the kids were all celebrating and cheering yeah. along while these, um, they're meant to be, I think, slaves. <laughs> Or Santa's, help, or, Santa's, or Santa's helpers. Uh, we're going to get hate mail from the, from the Netherlands now, but uh, let's move on. Let's... I, I, I hope Santa is, uh, it takes caution this year though, because he's, he's at high risk. He's, a high, he's an older he's gentleman. He's older guy, a bit heavy. bit heavy, you know, um, like, uh, so wear your mask, sanitize. Lots of exposure know. going to everyone's houses. Yeah. He's a, um, he's a super spreader for sure. He should just leave it at the top of the chimney, like not go down the chimney this time. I think With that's contact, contactless deliveries, right? Contactless. Yeah. No, well, no need for, no need for milk and cookies this year, both for health and sanity and hygiene uh, uh, reasons. I think 
we'll have a COVID Christmas. Right? It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I was walking around town yesterday and there's this DHL, uh, this delivery company's um, office in the center of town. Yeah. And it's the, it's the busiest thing in town by a mile because um, everybody is doing their online shopping. Um, Deliveries and it's, and it's gone into hyperdrive since uh, COVID and then add in Christmas. And they're just saying there's no capacity anymore. Like they, they cannot possibly um, get everything done in time. So um, they have to outsource it to Santa for sure. In an upcoming episode, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about like, I'm really fascinated with the logistics behind these courier companies, like how FedEx and mm. DHL operate and everything. Maybe one episode could be focused on that because it's really fascinating. Because, for example, for work, we use DHL all the time. And like you can track it. So I love tracking packages and seeing like how quickly they can pass through customs and where they can get to. And just like the logistics behind how like something can get from halfway around the world just within a couple of days. Yeah. And it's so detailed. Like they'll say so it's detailed. in um, Illinois somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, in it's being driven some um, yeah. truck somewhere in Cincinnati. Yeah. And then the now it's on a boat. Yeah, it's on a boat. The boat has ran out of gas. It's turning back. And now it's, it's on a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, here, yeah. because we have to do a lot of uh, shipping and stuff. So we're always doing it. And it's really kind of just cool, I think. And FedEx is really cool as well. And like, there's that, you know, if you watch that movie, um, the one we cast away, well, cast you know, away. he works for FedEx at the beginning. Yeah. So he, he sends himself a package just to time how long it took. And so it's just cool how all this stuff was set up at one point and now it's just functioning, you know? Yeah, it's, it's really uh, an impressive thing, which I, it boggles my mind. Um, I don't understand how food arrives on my plate from all these different far-flung places. Totally. Um, it's, it's crazy. Globalization in action. There you go. What's, um, uh, what's on the plate for our, uh, speaking of this, <laughs> on the plate for discussion today? Anything? To, today? Uh, well, today, since it's my turn to discuss uh, something. Yeah. It's a, not quite a story. Uh, I decided to, uh, since it's the year of coronavirus and everyone's scared and worried about risks and their health, um, I thought I would try and add some perspective to things. Uh, I'm going to talk about the risks, the risk of dying from different oh things. <laughs> like the probabilities uh, and stuff? Probabilities, yeah, oh, yeah. That's always good to know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very light episode, a very yeah. cheerful episode. For uh, those people we haven't approach. offended because of the blackface comment, <laughs> we're going to depress you. We're trying to offend everybody here, so everyone's going to get it. Sure, let's do it. This is more, this is like, I think uh, people who work in insurance and claims really work on these kind of things too, right? When they insure people. Yeah, so if, if Geico feels like sponsoring this episode, uh, let me know uh, and drop us a line at, what's our email address? I, I Superrespectable at gmail.com. Yeah, so please, um, you know, we'll field all sponsorship queries from Geico and competitors. Yeah. And you can send us the check at, I'll send that, well, I'll post the address on the, on the description. <laughs> all right, uh, disclaimer, um, this is from various uh, websites. There could be um, out of date, it could be slightly wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure these, these are valid stats, not, not fake news. Cool. So here we go. This is coming from an infographic, which seems to be sourced from... Uh, the CDC, the Center for Disease, Disease Control, Control in, in the United States. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, very US focused, but it's a pretty uh, representative um, facts. I think that they, they carry uh, across borders to other places as well. I'm, I'm not sure that the risks change too much depending on where you are. Cool. Um, 
So the first category that I want to talk about is sport and recreation. So the risks <laughs> and probabilities of dying from various sporting activities. So um, there's a few here and yeah. we'll have a bit of a discussion about who's done what in these ones. Um, so there's bungee jumping okay. and skydiving, which do you think is uh, more dangerous, bungee more likely jumping. to die? Bungee. You think bungee is worse? I think so. No, um, I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. it's, it's actually quite safe. Uh, it's much safer than many of the other activities um, I'm about to mention. You have a um, one in 500,000 chance of dying from bungee jumping. Oh, okay. But skydiving, it's one in 100,000. Oh. So uh, it's quite a bit higher. That's pretty um, cool. Have you done have you either? Done... Oh, yeah. there, we <laughs> there we go. Double jinx. Uh, I've skydived before uh, uh, in Vancouver, where I'm from. Uh, it was really cool. I would do it again, uh, even with the one in 100,000 chance. It's, uh, it's very much, it's very cool. I enjoyed it. I've never bungeed. Uh, I don't like that inertia feeling, you know, when you go back up, even on like roller coasters or elevators. Mm. Or, but I would try if, I, if, I, if the opportunity presented itself and I felt it was safe. What about you? Have you done neither, neither? Neither. I think uh, if it came, push came to shove, yeah. I would choose skydiving because, as I understand it, the, the you're connected to someone, some expert yeah. skydiver, yeah. and he just flings himself out of the or herself out of the plane, yeah. and you're just along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, because bungee jumping, you're standing at the ledge, and yeah. everything in your being is telling you why you're doing this. Yeah. You shouldn't jump. And I would require someone to, to like throw me off and push me off, totally, uh, which wouldn't be very nice. And then like with the bungee thing, it's just like, I guess the fear is that the, the bungee will snap. Right. And then you'll right with the, with the parachute, it's uh, it won't open. Right. But you have a backup parachute and a dude with you. Right. So I guess both have their risks and it's not like I'm actively going to do this every day, but I agree with you. I think, I think the feeling you get when you skydive is like really, really cool. Like, you know, it's like that feeling of free fall. And then when they open it up, it's a really nice view. But it, uh, speaking of skydiving, did you see that um, just a couple months back, David Blaine, the magician, he did mm. his latest trick. I don't know if anyone saw it. He held a bunch of balloons and he floated up like in, like in movies. Yeah. But in, in, in preparation for it, he did like 500, I'm getting the number wrong, like uh, skydives or something. Because after he releases the balloons, he skydives to the ground. So this guy was just like skydiving, 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 so he could learn how to do it by himself and properly, et cetera, et cetera. But disclaimer like it is extremely dangerous if you don't know what you're doing and even if you do know what you're doing because you don't have 100 percent control yeah but um based on what i'm seeing here are these stats yeah it's um it's pretty safe I compared think. to a lot of the other things so uh the next comparison i will do um this one's kind of surprising to me running and jogging as one category yeah. versus swimming what do you think I'm already over one, so I'm gonna go running and jogging. They're actually the same. Really? Um, it's one in a million. Which... Uh, what would swimming? Drowning, right? I guess drowning. Would... I would imagine a shark uh, eats you or something. <laughs> yeah. um, but running and jogging, I'm surprised it's not a little bit uh, more like... risky because people get heart attacks sometimes if they're out of shape and they decide to go out there. Yeah, you get hit by something. You get hit by something. Hit yeah. by something. Um, I find so which I find one, which one, yeah. yeah, which one do you enjoy more? Do you do you like swimming or running and jogging? Do you have a preference? 
I used to not be a very good swimmer. Yeah. Um, but I actually enjoy swimming more than running and jogging. Uh, I do, I do run and jog, um, more jogging than running. Yeah. Uh, and in COVID times, that's been my principal activity. I've been going pretty much every other day until my knee say stop. Um, but swimming, I love it. Uh, Now that I I can figure out all the movements properly, it's, it's a great workout. Really, really good. What, what's your preferred stroke? Do you have one that you're good at? Uh, I like like? The front crawl is fine. Um, but if I'm just feeling, uh, pretty lazy, I'll do a back, uh, back crawl. (laughs) We, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Back crawl. I always feel like I'm going to hit something, you know, like, that's (laughs) (laughs) That's why they have the little on pools. They have like the marker. So, you know, right. But but, uh, (laughs) totally. I will growing up, I always wanted to play ice hockey, but my mom never let me do it. So, uh, she put us in all in swimming. So, that was the only sport like we did outside of school. So we got really good at it. So like, I, I feel like I'm a very strong swimmer, uh, pool swimming, ocean swimming. I'm like, okay, but it's I'm totally not, different, huh? Yeah, it, it really feels different. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that uh, into it, but pool swimming, I'm super comfortable. And like, I can hold my breath for a long time and I can do the strokes, but swimming is fun. Like you can, I feel like it can, like, it's very, uh, it's a good workout. Uh, it's low impact and your mind can kind of just like, you don't have to really concentrate. You can just kind of go in the, the way the water feels and all that stuff but I hate swimming in pools with other people. I wish I had my own pool. <laughs> yeah. The great thing is when I was living in Budapest, it's a um, city with many very nice uh, spas yeah. and uh, a lot of swimming pools. Yeah. And I got a great chance to uh, go to some really cool swimming pools. And uh, there's quite a few that are uh, socially distanced because it is, it, I agree. It's a pain to like, go to a public uh, pool and it's just rammed with people and you, people. you get someone kicking you in the head uh, from the, yeah. from another lane or something. It's just, it's very frustrating. So yeah. But then when I was uh, uh, going into one, which was an Olympic sized pool, I, yeah. I had never really gone uh, to the, the Olympic lengths Crazy. and I was gassed. I think I didn't even make it the full length. I didn't realize yeah. uh, what was involved and I was so embarrassed, but it's, um, it's- insane like it probably was a 50 meter 100 meter pool or something like that right like some crazy distance yeah Most, it was yeah, probably yeah. 50 but in my mind it was a in 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. in uh uh totally like it's crazy and swimmers man like they're in insane shape these guys train yeah. all the time and they're just i have swimming, so much swimming. respect for them yeah yeah, yeah. cool like tri- um, like triathlons yeah I, i've always kind of wanted to do one yeah. Uh, but what held me back was the swimming component because yeah. it's an open water and open water swimming. Uh, I'm, you know, 10 times as bad. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming there have been times you've gone like to like beaches and swam in oceans or blue clear water where it's a little bit easier. Right. But mm. like, for example, like, uh, that doesn't make it any, like any much better, but like the currents, the boats, the systems, like how things work, it's just a completely different game, I think. Right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But some people, that's their specialty. I've been watching these. um, So I'm really interested, speaking of, I've been really interested in like breath holding, like how long people can hold breaths. So like, I've been trying to train myself to hold a little longer using these different techniques just for fun, because this is what I do. (laughs) And so people, like there's some people that do like deep diving and stuff without any oxygen tanks. And they try to, so I've been watching all these like YouTube videos. And some of these people can go like insane amounts in open water, like to depths on one breath and stuff. And uh, others with even diving with tanks they can just explore and i find it like uh, fun and intriguing but very very scary as well like 
Yeah, I had a colleague at, at uh, the bank I worked at. He's from uh, Sicily, and he was a deep diver, accomplished um, free diver. Free diver. And I, I just cannot understand how you can do that. But he says you just keep training and practicing, and like most things, you can eventually get it. But wow, that's crazy. Um, let's move on to some other sports. A couple more. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, uh, the most dangerous one. So uh, there's a few that aren't listed here. I mean, uh, ice hockey is pretty dangerous, but that's not uh, factored in. But I think why, one that, yeah. Why would it be like, what's like you played ice hockey. What's the, what's the danger? The skates or falling or? I think, the, the, I think the big one in hockey these days is around like concussions and, okay. and brain uh, issues. So it's more of a longer term thing. Yeah. Um, like, thankfully, I, I can't think off the top of my head any player who's like uh, was killed by a, a check or uh, anything terrible like that. But they did suffer some long-term consequences. Um, I I remember the this is because of me. I remember there was a uh, like that guy Donald Brashear. Donald, uh, do you remember oh, that guy? Yeah. Like, that was he, in Vancouver, was the, wasn't it? Yeah, he was the one who did it to the other guy. He was I forgot the other guy's name. No, uh, someone did oh, it to him. Someone that did was it. Marty Marty McSorley. Yes, um, yes, hit him over the head with the the stick, and the guy yeah. was knocked out. I wonder what that happened. That was scary. Yeah, yeah, I'll Google that afterwards. I wonder what happened to them. That was really scary. I think uh, Brashear kept playing after that. He was gone for some time. Yeah. Uh, but I believe McSorley, he never had a career again, and he got faced criminal charges and all that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um. So some other dangerous ones. So. Uh, well, beyond skydiving, there's some other sports uh, that are in the air, like hang gliding and yeah. base jumping. Yeah. Base jumping is the most dangerous one by far. Uh, to, so to do that, um, you have to have a few screws loose. Yeah. You have a one in 60 chance of dying That's if you do base jumping. That is really odd. bad. Yeah. Wow. Base jumping, um, um, it ends in a parachute in a, in a dive or no? Uh, like how does it or... Uh... How do you I've end seen, the There's different versions. I, I've I seen know. different versions. Uh, maybe there's a different name for it, but there's one with a parachute and it goes off. And then there's also one where it looks like you're in a flying squirrel suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if that counts as base jumping. It looks like it does to me. Yeah. Uh, which seems far crazier than uh, any of these other sports. And you can you can base uh, you can base jump off like buildings and caves and uh, yeah. The International Space Station, or whatever that guy did from the, the some head. of these people have a death wish because I've seen the videos online where they're hovering so close to the ground at like such high speeds that yeah. I mean, why why would you do that to yourself? That's I know it's so maybe fun for a, a trip, but it, you know, you hit one of those rocks, you're a goner. I've been watching. Have you seen the? I can post a couple online, but there's been these videos of these guys who like break into tall buildings at night and they like climb all the way to the top, like internally yeah, and then they yeah. base jump. So stupid. And then they film themselves doing it. Like it's so stupid. That's wild. People it's are crazy. crazy eh? One um, in 60. Is there anything that's worse than one in 60 for odds? Uh, in terms of sports and recreation? No. The next uh, worst thing is a Grand Prix race driver. So oh, that's yeah, yeah. one in 100. Pretty bad. That's pretty bad too. Those guys are going so fast. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's quick because there's so few of them, <coughs> yeah. and so many crashes that yeah. uh, that that accounts for the that number. But do you, um, uh, can I ask you something? Do you find 
whether it's Grand Prix, fast cars, motorcycles that need for speed, is that anything that's like something appeal that's appealing to you or you're, that's not really your, your cup of tea? <laughs> no, uh, again, I guess I'm very risk adverse. I really enjoy um, speed that I've controlled or created, um, yeah. like going uh, downhill skiing. Yeah. I don't mind going fast on that. Um, what else? Like speed skating or something, but uh, Grand Prix racing or anything that involves an engine yeah. that can, you know, go into overdrive. No, thanks. So I, I, I used to ride motorcycles as, as you know, for a little bit, but I've stopped. Uh, I'm not just, Good. Like to, we'll get sorry. to that in a second. <laughs> okay. Good. Then I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. No problem. I was going to add my comment, but uh, like you, I also, I, I think I like the idea of control. And I think I ski too. I'm probably not as good as you, but, uh, but uh, you have more control, but when you lose control, which I'm sure you have in skiing, it is a very scary feeling, you know, cause you're like, I just lost it. And now I'm going to roll this down, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, the, the craziest thing is when, you know, growing up in Canada, especially totally. the part of Canada that I'm from in, in Ottawa, there are ski hills and they're definitely hills. Um, and I thought I was a good skier until I started going skiing in Europe where there's mountains. Um, and I realized I had so much more to learn because the skiing I did around Ottawa was you you could basically just bomb down the hill and not do any turns. And that's what I was doing as a, as a kid. And I tried doing that in the first run I did it when I went skiing in the Dolomites and I nearly died. So, um, I learned about the, you know, gradual, graceful carving that you're supposed to do. But even then, um, I start picking up speed. And like you said, you can very quickly uh, get carried away. And um, you definitely helmets know. Are important. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, it's a yeah. You need to know what you're uh, you're up to and be comfortable and not take risks. Like I uh, like I read in red. No, not red. That's not even a color. Green and green and blue. Uh, trails are pretty much what I'm comfortable with. I can't do blacks. I don't do double diamonds and triple diamonds and this and that. I just it's enjoy at my own speed. And then if I don't feel comfortable and stuff, then I'll like take a break. You'll do that. What's it called? French fries. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, pie snow or flowers. whatever. Snow, snow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are fun. I did those a few times. I got caught in a, a black diamond in somewhere. In, in, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, We've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> you're the it's guy who's like walking down while everyone. Yeah. Is. yeah. <laughs> Um, which is a nice lead into the next category of mountain sports. Um, So skiing is actually pretty good. It's got better odds uh, than running and jogging and swimming, which is quite shocking to me. And snowboarding is one in 2.2 million. So it's actually a very safe activity. Oh, cool. Um, I'm assuming because like, you know, where you're running outside or you're swimming in like a big place, whereas there's a mountain can only hold X number of people and there's more control and, you know, I, I can, I can understand the logic. Yeah. There's only very limited amount of people who, you know, where the real dangers lie with skiing and snowboarding is people who go off piste into these yeah, yeah. Uh, trekked out areas where there's a real risk of avalanches or you hit a tree or a rock or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, but it, you know, things that happen on uh, on the piste it was very rare, according to cool. these stats. Um, so then there's stats on uh, various forms of hiking, mountain climbing, blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah. Um, it's more or less within a certain range: one in fifteen thousand, one in a few thousand. 
yeah. but the risks dramatically change depend on uh, depending on where you do it. Oh, okay. Interesting. So if you're heading towards Nepal and the uh, Himalayas, yeah. that's, where, that's where the trouble starts. The real danger. So um, mountain climbing, uh, regular mountain climbing is one in 1,750. Yeah. But if you do it in Nepal, it's uh, one in 167. Whoa, that's crazy. And then if you keep going in Nepal, yeah to the uh, himalayas the chances of death if you're climbing above 6000 meters yeah is is crazy high it's um between 10 and 12 in 100 people whoa will so that be like 12 10 and 12 so 11 out of 100 right yeah hey yeah pretty much <laughs> That's crazy. Is it just because of avalanche and, and the dangers behind like the Himalaya mountain peaks, like the, the, the terrain? I think there's a number of reasons. One is um, oxygen deprivation levels. Um, people don't gauge their uh, altitude sickness and they just decide to keep going. Um, yeah. Falling into a, a crevasse, uh, falling into a something is a real danger. And then, yeah what um, um um uh is mountain climbing like the himalayas the same as the people who like trek to the top is that considered the same activity or is that a side activity you think? like you know the people who go to the summit yeah i think that's what this one is referring to i mean uh, six thousand meters is pretty bloody high I, I i'm not sure what is the height of everest let's get a quick uh everest I oh i was gonna i think six thousand meters no eleven thousand meters eight thousand eight hundred that's long. Um, and apparently, according to the latest news, it's um, grown by another meter this year. What? Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I remember reading this thing that like people who climb Everest, they for uh, climatization, there's this whole technique. Like they go from like base camp, just like base one mm. and back and then two. Like they, it takes their time just so their body gets acclimatized properly. And even I remember a couple of years ago, I was looking at just going to Nepal, but I didn't. But to go see the Himalayas, that was a side thing. And even if you want to trek to the Himalayas, there's like a, a route that you have to stop in a certain place and spend a day there so your body can adjust or else there's like a problem with it. It's really interesting because of the differences in uh, elevation. Yeah, I've never experienced uh, true altitude uh, sickness. And yeah. uh, some people really get badly affected by it. And oh, some yeah. other people uh, are okay. It, it seems to be really dependent on... I don't know, genetic factors or other reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I've heard stories of like friends who've gone hiking uh, the same mountain and one just couldn't go any further. They had headaches. They were extremely tired and the other one couldn't understand why the other one was struggling so much. Yeah, so, it's, it's dangerous. But I'd love to go see the, 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 the Himalayas though, like visually from a cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks, yeah. Uh, the Starbucks on the bottom. Yeah, that's crazy. So because of it, that's interesting that one activity can have different uh, different probabilities just based on geography of it. Huh? For sure. For are, are you a, are you bio, on a side question? Are you a, have you do you enjoy mountain climbing or rock climbing or indoors outdoors or is it just horrible for you? <laughs> uh, well, so on the holiday that we did in September, we went to the Dolomites in Italy, mm -hmm. which is a really beautiful part of the world. Mm -hmm. And we did some hiking because that's yeah. what you do there. Yeah. And the first 
couple of days I was struggling um, yeah. because it's not something I, I normally do. I consider myself fit on um, it's a some factors, it's, but when, it's when this uh, climbing became involved, I realized I wasn't actually that fit. And um, after <clears throat> after three or four days, because we were going pretty much every day, yeah, I got into it. And uh, on the last day, we did a really long hike and uh, climbed uh, to the extent where we didn't have ropes or anything like that, but. It wasn't like a sheer mountain uh, side, but you did have to do some crawling and uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay with it. It's not something I, where I would like go camping overnight and do, uh, cause as we discussed the, I don't see why you would take yourself out of civilization for so long. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind like a day trip sort of thing. I think that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested in it. I'd like to learn more. Like if you take me to an indoor rock climbing gym, I definitely like give it a shot. You know, my little sister is really into rock climbing. She like travels like all over Europe and like with oh, her wow. friend and, or uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then she does it, but she really is like, she's really, really like good. But I like, the, I'm like you, like, as we've said, like I like indoor things or like more, so, like more controlled things. But I mean, I'd go to a mountain if I had like ropes and I knew what I was doing and I, but I like the indoor rock climbing gyms. I think they're kind of interesting. And a hundred percent, it's like a, you can be really healthy doing other activities and suck at rock climbing because it's a completely different beast. Like you need really good upper body strength and like forearm strength and hand strength and stuff. But if it's something that someone likes to do, I'm sure. Why not? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that free solo movie. Um, that which probability is an, must be crazy. A, another like level of yeah. risk. Uh, I'm sure it's like one in 10, well, one in yeah. five, maybe. Uh, that's stupid. That's just pure stupidity. But you know, it was enjoyable to watch. <laughs> it was. Uh, thank you for making that movie. What's his name again? Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold, you're, you're a legend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of, let's get down to travel. So modes oh. of transportation. Let's do it. You naughty man on your motorcycle. I know that that is awful. But uh, let's let's see in comparison. So again, this is uh, U.S. Um, statistics. Yeah. Um, and the modes of transport they have are motorcycle, airplane, uh, train, uh, like a big uh, Amtrak, like via rail, uh, long distance one, and then yeah. one like a commuter train, yeah. a bus, ferry boat. Yeah. So um, this is passenger fatalities per billion passenger miles in the, in the United States. Okay. Shoot. Motorcycle is far and away the worst it's yeah, totally. 200 212 fatalities per billion Zero passenger miles. miles yeah and what do you guess would be the next one on the list i don't remember all of them that you said but I <laughs> boat, like boat train plane bus car car yeah cars and uh, trucks is um so we go from 212 and the next one is 7.2 Oh, wow. It's okay. a huge jump. Yeah, yeah, wow. Um, uh, well, and well, then, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. And then uh, the least risky is the one that people are often most afraid of is the airplane. The airplane. That's my guess. I would, I've heard that flight travel is one of the safest forms of Very safe. in comparison to others. It boggles my mind. I don't know if you've ever seen some of these uh, flight scanner, flight radar apps you can see um, all the planes that, that are in the sky. And obviously pre-corona, there was a lot more. Yeah. 
but um, even now there's still tons of planes in the sky and it just boggles the mind uh, about the logistics who's who's coordinating all these planes so that they're not you know uh, yeah. into each other but the sky is a very big place right like big. You, have, <laughs> you have multiple dimensions up down left right whereas on a road it's pretty much just straight behind you and the, in front of you and to the left and to the right is dimensional right but but I agree. I mean, like, it's also a man-made machine that really didn't exist a hundred years ago. <laughs> and now there's millions of them and there's multiple flights and uh, it's craziness. Like, uh, it's crazy. Well, where, where did boat travel rate in, in that list? Kind of in the middle or closer to the safer um, end? No, boat is the third most dangerous. So, really? Huh. Um, it's about half as dangerous as, as taking a car, but uh, it's 3.17. Um, uh, compared to a car of 7.2. So yeah, by far the, the most dangerous things you can do is take a motorcycle, take a car or take a boat yeah. and everything else, uh, trains or, uh, and planes and, uh, are very safe. It's, um, um, I can speak to motorcycle travel. The minute you get on a motorcycle, you know, this is the most dangerous and stupidest thing you've done ever. And people still do it. And like, I have had multiple times, thankfully I've never been in a car accident, a motorcycle accident, but I've had multiple times where I've been close or, or, uh, or you just, you're going so fast that you know that one screw up could be the rest of your life. I even, you know, the Rockcliffe Parkway in Ottawa, like the one yes. that's, uh, usually I used to go for rides there when I was living in Ottawa and like, I'd go really fast cause there's no police there and I do whatever I want. Oh, and no. like, I could see skid marks of other motorcycles like there and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, don't do it. It's really, really stupid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's so stupid. Yeah, I think there's, you know, my parents are very uh, open and understanding of me trying different things. But I remember the one thing my dad put his foot down on was like, you're never getting on a motorcycle. Yeah, because uh, he had experience. Yeah, yeah, he must have seen horrible he's, things. He's probably treated lots of people and he himself, I think, had a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, sorry, dad, I keep mentioning you every episode. Uh, you just have lots of good stories. He'll, 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 uh, get, a, <laughs> he'll get a chunk. He'll get a little piece. Yeah. The, the guy called money. <laughs> exactly. We'll give you a cut. That's cool. how, um, do, how, how do you feel about airplane travel? Do you feel safe when you're in an airplane? Honestly, I, I've flown so many times that I, I feel very safe. Totally. Um, takeoff and landing is the times when I feel a little bit tense, but I'm okay. Where I really freak out is um, turbulence. Yeah. And, um, and then when... I'm flying uh, like over a huge ocean, like the Pacific Ocean. But oh, yeah. if I if I start thinking about that, uh, I start freaking out because but it's just insane. To, uh, you could have like a lost situation where you crash and land on. Yeah, you're ground. done for. Um, but to make it, you know, by the way, um, uh, engineers, flight people, people like they take all this stuff into consideration. If you ever watch the flight plan on your on your plane, you always yeah. know they always try to fly close to land if they're on an ocean mm-hmm. too, right? And also, like additionally. Hey, uh, like uh, uh, for me, uh, I fl- like you, I've flown so much that I'm not really scared of planes. I don't enjoy turbulence. I always, I'm like, oh, I hope this ends like soon because it makes me feel not like uh, dizzy and nauseous. But have you ever had it? Have you ever been on a flight when a flight lands and people start applauding? <laughs> yeah, I, have. I thought that was so strange. It seems like it's certain cultures that do it. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did, like, did people assume that, assume that we weren't going to land? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange one. Um, and the other funny one is... Uh, the Italians, I'm going to pick yeah. on them. 
Yeah. It's uh, as the plane is hasn't even touched the ground. Sometimes I've been on flights where the plane they hasn't start getting up, touched the ground. They start getting up and grabbing their bags. And there's like, okay, that's genuinely risky and dangerous because like yeah. the two riskiest times for planes is like take off and landing, and you're gonna go flying. If, if, uh, what's what's honest on a side note? What's your opinion on like economy travel versus business versus first class? Do you think it's worth it if you have the cash, or is it no? Oh, it's man. point A to point B. Do you pay the extra? I'm not. Uh, I don't. I'm just an economy. I'm a normal dude. But like, I wonder. Like, what's what? What do you think? Because if I had the money, I, I mean, my wife. By the my wife and I have this uh, question all the time. I told her if I had the money, I'd buy my own plane. And she said if I had the money, I'd just upgrade to first, like you know, um, uh, first class when I travel. And so, like, I wonder what your your thoughts are. Um, I'd be interested on this on the risk stats on that because I get plane? the feeling that it's it's pretty dangerous to take private. Uh, oh, jets yeah. and private planes because you hear a lot of like uh, of these uh, rich people's planes crashing um, because I think there's less scrutiny uh, than there is uh, with a commercial airline yeah, yeah. because uh, for obvious reasons um, so I think uh, I would definitely if I had the cash to splash I would do first class business class um, uh, which I've been fortunate enough to go on I think oh, uh, three times yeah Oh, me too. Oh, I think we're on the same number, three, four times. Yeah. Sorry, I was gonna save the battery here, um, which was a great experience, and I can see why people who regularly get business uh, flights feel like they never want to go back to economy ever yeah. again. Um, but yeah, I think I would choose that. What did you enjoy? If you had to choose one or two in order, what was the things about business class that you enjoyed the most? And which the food and drink. Route? <laughs> uh so so i went one was ottawa to london england Ooh. which uh, i got uh, air canada oh. uh, so i was upgraded uh there which was really nice and i think that on that one the real perk was that it was i could sleep you could yeah. lie down flat because it was a red eye flight yeah. and there's definitely value in that because i had to work the next day um mm. and then the other one where i really indulged was a flight from uh London, England to Lagos, Nigeria, wow. um, which was great because it was from like Heathrow Airport and the lounge there was really nice. Um, but the weird thing is uh, the lounge in, in Nigeria was definitely not as nice as the lounge <laughs> in London. And um, the food going from, it's still British Airways, but the food going from Nigeria back to London was nowhere near as good as it was uh -huh. on the other way. When you landed in London, they had this whole like spa facility where you could shower and have a full English breakfast and all that stuff. I, my totally. boss went straight to the office and he must have yeah. thought I was a lazy bum. I stayed there for like two hours afterwards and did a yeah. few rounds. <laughs> I, I feel, yeah, that's totally, I, uh, for me, it's not so much the food. I mean, the food's nice, but just the ability to sleep. Sometimes when you're so tired, you give a trillion dollars just to sleep like properly, you know? Sleep is a big factor, yeah. But it's totally true. If you can get a flat bed, you can do it. We're actually trying, maybe, maybe uh, Luke Sansa will hear this and upgrade me. But so we bought our tickets a month ago. And then, uh, and then I, every two weeks I've been calling to see how much it costs to uh, upgrade our, our flights from economy to business, even on the ladder uh, leg. And for the last two weeks, it's been the same price. And I just felt like the price would keep going down during COVID time. So, so I'm going to try one more time this last weekend. And if it's, if it's a no, no, then, uh, then I won't upgrade, but I feel like just upgrade me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Have you ever had a upgrade? 
Uh, yeah, my dad, uh, my dad knew somebody at the Bangladesh airport. So he upgraded us on Emirates, my mom and I from wow. Dhaka to Dubai. And it was, nice. it was pretty cool. And like, it's one of those things where you want to take full advantage of it. So you're like, maybe I don't have to sleep. You know, maybe I can just eat nonstop food and watch movies. That's and the stuff thing. Like that. <laughs> but it's definitely like, uh, yeah, it's nice. And, you know, also it's facilities like, you know, you can go through immigration quicker. You can have a little bit extra luggage. They treat you, you know, hello, Sir Lewis, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Sir David Lewis. <laughs> well, so, uh, a side story into this is uh, maybe it's another subject, uh, topic for another episode is when I was going to Nigeria, I was in line in London um, Heathrow Airport and I had never gone like properly business class, like aside from that upgrade before. Yeah. And so I just went in the line for the Nigeria flight and it was a huge lineup. And when people go back there, they bring huge amounts of shopping from London to go back to Nigeria. And I was waiting forever to get in to do the baggage check. And when I showed up, they said, oh, sir, you're, you're business class. You should have gone to that uh, uh-huh. <laughs> open <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. it's fine. Air travel. Um, let's What's cover uh, a few more random risks uh, and some very famous ones because everyone's okay. scared of getting, you know, there's the struck by lightning yeah. one. So the odds of getting struck by lightning and... Uh, I don't know if it's dying by that, but I think it's just the odds of getting hit struck just by lightning is, let me just check. Uh, one in 218,000. Wow. Yeah. I thought it would have been more, but huh. One in two. So uh, you're more likely to be killed in a dog attack than uh, be struck by lightning. Interesting. Um, actually, you're more likely to die of sunstroke than, than, than these other ones. It's very unusual. I, I didn't expect that. I don't know if they mean like long-term, um, like heat, you know, exhaustion, skin cancer skin and cancer, whatever, yeah. but it's one in 9,000 for, for that one. Wow. Um, and some other risks, which you need to be aware of, uh, choking on food. That's, that's one that nearly got, uh, George W. Bush, uh, many years ago. He was, yeah. uh, apparently he nearly died choking on a pretzel. Yeah, uh, you know the Secret Service trains for everything, but uh, they better have their Heimlich maneuver ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's one in two thousand six hundred. So that's a pretty oh. uh, significant thing to consider. Wow. Um, and what else? Um, maybe the last one. You know, a bee sting. Because there's this big. Aside from the pandemic this year, there's been this murder. Hornet. I don't know if you've been following that in the U.S. No, there tell me. Big, big, uh, I don't know so much, but there's this invasive uh, bug that's been coming around and attacking people in uh, U.S. and Canada. And I think wow. they're called mur- murder hornets. Okay. So just one more thing to be uh, scared of. But you, you, the risk is one in 46,000 uh, from these types of stings. Obviously, it- the risks are higher for people who have um, allergies and stuff. Allergies and stuff, yeah. Is it, is it, do you know if it's true if a, if a bee stings you, it dies afterwards? Is that an old wives' tale? Or yeah, I think like... that's true. I think it's true. Yeah. Wasps yeah. can keep going, uh, yeah. bees cannot. Uh, no, being stung by a bee. Have you ever been stung by a bee? Yeah, it's I didn't horrible. like that. <laughs> it's, yeah, I did not like that either. <laughs> uh, in, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I guess when you're younger and stupider, you're just trying to like, you know, hit a bee's nest or like a hornet's nest or like, you're not like I find that it's only happened to me once or twice, I think. And I was just, it was probably my fault, by the way. 
<laughs> like I was probably doing something. I wasn't hitting anything, but I was probably put myself in a situation I could have gotten out of or anything. But that's interesting. Um, yeah, one in one in forty six thousand. Yeah. So to our listeners out there, the risks of uh, listening to podcasts is very, very, very low. So continue listening to Super Respectable, uh, mm. and you'll be fine. There you go. There you go. What uh, 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 your risk of becoming stupid might increase as well. <laughs> there's, a big, but, there's a big chance of that. But yeah, what, uh, what out of all the things that you saw, what which one surprised you the most out of all the statistics or the probabilities? Uh, I think or it's the ones with this. Yeah, I think it's the. Da, 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 I think it's the sports. Yeah. I was surprised around you know the risks in things that I thought weren't that dangerous, but actually are like, um, playing American football. Yeah. Um, it's pretty dangerous. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. it's, it's like twice as dangerous as skydiving. Yeah. Um, so from, from the hit, right. From the, from, from, from the head, the head, the head injuries yeah. and, uh, like canoeing is very dangerous. One in 10,000. No so, way. I want, like capsizing um, or yeah, probably hitting it. a, you could fall out, drown, hit a rock, all sorts yeah. of things. Um, go, I, go off yeah. a waterfall go off a waterfall. I, I kayaked a couple of times when in high school and I hated it. And I don't think I'll ever get back in a kayak again. I thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I did a whitewater rafting uh, trip That's and crazy. that was fun, except for the, it was just a bit too long. I, yeah. I would prefer if it was closer to civilization and in a, yeah, I don't know. It was cool. Uh, let me, let me ask you something like, you know, as a disclaimer, uh, the numbers that you give are not statistically real. It's just your opinion. Let me ask you what you think the probabilities are. I don't know if this is true or not. What do you think the probabilities are that most people like people of getting like heart disease in North America or globally, globally? What, is it written? Um, so I don't have those at hand, but yeah, those are definitely but, like the biggest risk factors. So the leading totally, causes right? of death, leading causes yeah. of death are not these things. It's definitely heart disease. Can Number one is heart disease. Yeah. Cancer, stroke, yeah. uh, respiratory diseases, accidents, Alzheimer's, diabetes. These that's are crazy. the things that are actually uh, dangerous. So, um, yeah. That's insane. So, because I was reading this book or listening to this book called How Not to Die, uh, it was pretty much pushing like a vegan diet. And so he, he listed pretty much like all the food related health ones that you just mentioned, minus like ones. And he said pretty like his argument pretty much was like if you convert to, uh, I'd be interested to hear your opinion to a vegan diet, you can pretty much eliminate all of those risks, right? Like vegans usually don't get heart attacks and the diabetes and sugar and this and that. What do you think about that idea? Like food can relate to health. But there's well, also- That's uh, stupid one... what I just said. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Obviously there's it's a, a great idea. Um, I, I think I've tried uh, vegetarianism at various points in my life. Yeah. And I just can't hack it. I, I do crack and end up having a steak uh, at the end of it. I, I think uh, I can go, you know, several days of, of like all breakfast, lunch, dinner, vegetarian, and I'm cool yeah. with that. Yeah. I just cannot um, sacrifice. Uh, like a nice steak meat. or a good piece of chicken. Yeah. I'm afraid uh, my enjoyment of that uh, will outweigh the health consequences down the line. I mean, I think most people get enjoyment from food or a partial part of it from food and you should indulge to it, indulge in it with balance. Right. I think as a society, we eat too much meat generally as a, as a, as a, as a human species and definitely less meat consumption if is probably really good for you. I'm not arguing against veganism at all. I think it makes complete sense, but for me personally, like you, I enjoy 
like uh, like a nice piece of fish or some sushi or some chicken. But I definitely see the merits in in converting or changing to more vegetarian based diets for health reasons. Definitely. But every once in a while, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just be like physically fit, but I want to be like, I want to be happy mentally, (laughs) emotionally. And I just, sometimes you're just like, this is so dull. Like, you know, I can't eat beans and rice again. (laughs) Yeah, I've been to some interesting uh, vegetarian restaurants. There's one uh, when I went to Zurich, which is one of the oldest, I think it's the oldest vegetarian restaurant in the world. I don't know how they come to that uh, conclusion, but that was their claim to fame. And um when it's done right yeah, and well, totally. like it's amazing. Uh, and I definitely hats off to like the Indian subcontinent. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a big part of the food culture is a lot of vegetarian dishes. And I, I, I'm all over that. I love those totally. types of uh, dishes. Do you, do, um, you, do you find that there's, a, I was, this is a, it's a, do you find, like, are you like a meat eater or like in the morning? Like do you eat meat like bacon or sausage or? <laughs> yeah on the weekend i guess it's part of my british uh, upbringing to have like english, breakfast. Full english breakfast and bacon and eggs type of thing yeah um yeah i am partial to that but during the week we we have this sort of bircher muesli thing we're super healthy during the week it's overnight oats with all sorts of seeds oh. and nuts and dried fruits and whatever so you feel pretty good having that but right. by the time it's saturday or sunday i want my french toast my scrambled eggs my bacon and sausages i had uh oh sorry my cats are fighting i had uh i had a burger today and it was amazing from burger king and it was amazing <laughs> and i had and i had mcdonald's last week those fries oh we talked about it, it must the fries. Cocaine, cocaine or something on them they're yeah. so freaking good but uh but interesting that's good uh, um but heart disease like that's a there's a that's i definitely knew that was on the list that's like all i read about everyone's got like some type of heart problems whether it's like a heart attack, a stroke, or or some type of palpitation or related stuff, it's scary, yeah, to think that like. Yeah, I mean, everyone has it. to die of something because you know death, death and taxes. So uh, there you go. Until we all get frozen and they figure something out, uh, I don't know. I, I spoke to a friend about this once. I said, "Well, would you like to, uh, if they solved the crack the code, would you like to live forever?" And he said, "No, you do. I'd be bored." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Game over it. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. That's uh, it's crazy. I guess all these uh, bringing it to uh, we're almost near the finish line with this. I know this discussion. Not that I don't want it to be over, but these probabilities. I think it's good to know them, but not live our lives based on them, right? Like I think you live in a balanced approach, and however you want to live, but know that they exist. I think it's pretty cool that they have these numbers out. That like at least we can we can track it and we can know. I'm sure you could probably find probabilities on pretty much anything in this world at this point, right? Everything. It's all out Everything. there. It's all been calculated. Yeah. Um, and, and like we said at the beginning, like companies like Geico and stuff, they use this kind of stuff to determine your premiums and your insurance car. I, I was reading, I wasn't reading it. I was hearing about how um, insurance companies work on car insurance. And there's so many factors that they take into play just to kind of save a buck or whatever it is, you know, it's really fascinating. Yeah, they even factor in, you know, the color of your car and totally. yeah. the make, the brand. It's all it's all uh, in there. Thankfully, uh, my bicycle is not insured and there's no uh, extra cost to that. So, do you do you drive in the Netherlands? Or do you No. 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 I, I I can't even remember the last time I drove a car or was in a car. It's uh, something I just don't do. Do you think but you remember how to do it or do you think that muscle memory will come back? I hope so. I'm a bit concerned about that 
uh, you will. I, I, that happens. I uh, um, I learned. Can you drive both standard uh, and uh, manual and automatic? Sadly, no. Uh, automatic all the way. Um, I don't see why you would do stick shift. I just don't get it. It's fun though. Like <laughs> I was like because we grew up in North America, which is automatic based. Mm. When I was living in Morocco, my wife taught me how to drive uh, manual, and uh, it's just more you're more in tune with the car, and it's 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 fun. Uh, but whenever I like, cause I don't drive manual as the default, but whenever I do drive manual, it just takes me like a couple minutes and it comes back in automatic. I remember not, I think the longest I've gone for not driving is probably about eight to 10 months. And then it, it comes back really quickly. Cause you, it's just in you, I've been doing it since I was 16. So I'm sure, I'm sure you, it'll come back, but you get the jitters, right? Like the little bit, like how it works, the operation, the traffic. Totally. Which yeah, side of the and road to drive on? <laughs> which side of the road is a big one? Yeah, what's great in the Netherlands um, is the cycling culture, and it's so so different from other countries, say for maybe Denmark or something. Um, it would be shocking, I think, to the average, um, I don't know, North American or pretty much anywhere else, uh, because no one wears bike helmets. Oh, really? They've stick their pretty much newborns on the handlebars or in the, or the back, and they're, they're not wearing helmets either. Um, so the whole getup of a cyclist here is not like an image. They're just wearing normal clothes. They're not wearing spandex or helmets and bright fluorescent clothing. It's just off they go because the infrastructure is so good. It's all very controlled, and the feeling is like we're not exposed to cars you have your own lane, and own your own lane. Amazing. Fantastic. Well, I mean, that's a good place to end it right there. Just bicycle without your helmet to all our listeners, you know, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> your probability is, is pretty high that you'll be okay, but stay uh, safe, stay safe. And, uh, hopefully you'll come back. The probabilities are pretty high that somebody's going to listen and come back to our podcast. I would bet on that. Yes. There you go. <laughs> All right, everyone. Be safe. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye-bye.